trying something a little new today. Never done this before. I'm going to use all three of the daily shots, Steelers, Penguins, and Pirates, to go with the same theme. And that would be each one's most underappreciated player. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins that especially today I would encourage you to check out. Not going to build this up, not going to create some kind of phony suspense to it. The Pirates' most underappreciated player is, and I don't even think there's a debate to be had here, Mitch Keller. Mitch is the real deal in every way. Mitch has proven that now over a year and a half, and even if you take the three years of relative struggles that he had, you can give him appropriate credit for having overcome those, making his current status in a way that much more impressive. What's his current status? Well, you can choose to fuss or focus on four or five lame starts recently. Things just weren't going well for him. Happens. Happens really to the very best of them, even in the very best of seasons. But here again, he's bounced back. He's been dynamite lately. And overall, he's still 12th in all of Major League Baseball in innings and 8th in strikeouts. Now, you and I can get into all kinds of different details within that, and some of it isn't going to look as good as others, but you show me a pitcher who's in the top 12 in innings and who's in the top eight in strikeouts, and I will show you 39 salivating general managers who'd be willing to pay an awful lot to have that asset on their roster. Now, double that, triple that for someone who's as young as Mitch still is. And then from there, quadruple that for someone who has the character that Mitch has. Well, guess what? He's here. He's still here. And I have a feeling that when it comes to the fans, there's not a great appreciation. There's been some this season. There was the wonderful ovation that he got back at the home opener, which he even remarked to me afterward, like, wow, did you hear that? That was really cool. Because presumably a good many of those people on hand had heard about the terrific spring that he'd just had in Bradenton. That was kind of neat. Then he becomes an all-star and there's more love sent his way and all of that's appropriate. But there's a difference between that and outright appreciating who you've got when you've got them. He's here now. He is, as a starting pitcher, who ranks, I think, reasonably in the top 20 of the sport, and I don't think that's hype. You might find it a little distasteful because he wasn't pitching all that well for the better part of a month recently, but I don't think that's hype, and I think I can back it up with a fair amount of statistical data. A top 20 starting pitcher in the majors who will take the ball every fifth day, who won't complain, who's competitive, who's all about the team around him. you got to believe me when I tell you that Mitch is that. 
That, my friends, is the single most valuable asset in the sport. You can have a 40 home run guy. You can have an everyday player somewhere else doing great things offensively, defensively, and so forth. Any executive in the majors, including Ben Charrington, will tell you that there's nothing that compares value-wise, cost-wise, which is what I'm really getting at here, to an elite starting pitcher. Mitch has been doing it for a year and a half. Does that mean he's firmly in the elite? I don't know. Those are for, you know, hot takes debates. But he's been up there and he's been up there for long enough that it's begun to feel very real. And is that appreciated enough around here? I mean, maybe, maybe it isn't. I don't know. Okay. That's up to you to decide ultimately. My feeling on this front is that our city kind of takes starting pitching for granted when it's here, okay? And I feel like we've been that way for a long time, which is kind of strange considering that the Pirates have been around for 142 years, and the next truly great, I'm talking Hall of Fame-type pitcher in the franchise will be the first. There's never been one. I mean, there have been, you know, over the past half century and change, Bob Friend, Vern Law, Steve Blass had the unforgettable 71 World Series, John Candelaria, Doug Drabeck. There's a couple of years of Francisco Cordova that I would throw up there against anybody's, although he's not remembered really by much of anybody aside from the no-hitter. And then along came Garrett Cole, number one overall pick. A conversation I actually had with Garrett once when he was still fairly young here was about this very thing, about how the franchise had just never, he could become the greatest pitcher in franchise history. And I wasn't saying that to pump his tires. It was true. Well, it turns out to his credit, you know the rest of this story, he went elsewhere to become what was hoped for here. More recently, we've had good times with A.J. Burnett, with Francisco Liriano, and you don't really ever allow yourself to get too excited about them because you think they're either going to be gone or they're going to retire or somebody else is going to swoop in and take them. Well, I'm going to say this again. Mitch is here, and Mitch would very much welcome an extension along the lines of those given to Brian Reynolds and Kibrian Hayes. I've been saying from the very beginning, meaning when I first started advocating for Hayes, that there were three guys the Pirates should be targeting. And Mitch is the third. I feel like there's a decent, fair set of terms that could be negotiated between the team and the player this coming offseason. I know that management is open to having that discussion. I also know that that discussion has yet to take place in any meaningful way. But it should. It should. It's one thing for people like you and me to uh, misjudge or underappreciate or whatever. The Pirates can't afford to do it. If this season has shown us anything, it's that there is no such thing 
as a sufficient amount of starting pitching entering any given season, let alone a period of presumed contention. You can add Paul Skeens. You can add Paul Skeens' twin brother and their cumulative clone. And you're still not going to know what you have with your starting pitching. you got to take care of the guy you already got. When we come back, J1Q. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern. That's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone. An eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Your front door. Your car. Your bike. Your computer. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Every day you lock and secure your home and everything you want to keep safe. Gun safety and responsible storage are no different and the best way to help prevent accidents, misuse, and theft. If you have a firearm, own it, respect it, and secure it. Visit ProjectChildSafe.org. Brought to you by the National Shooting Sports Foundation and the Bureau of Justice Assistance. Today's J1Q comes from JT, who says, DK, I saw that the Guardians put in claims to bolster their pitching staff with the additions of Lucas Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez. All 29 teams had a chance to put in claims on these pitchers, with the White Sox having had that massive waiver release. And given the Pirates' pitching depth and issues, wouldn't have been a good idea to get these two guys, or did they not do so because they were too expensive or would have only had them the final month of the season. JT, I, I almost, almost hate to say stuff like this because fandom is based on hope. And no fan, no matter how down their favorite franchise is, wants to have hope stripped away. What will happen is when your team is losing at the big league level, you'll maybe flip your attention to the minor leagues and say, well, it's coming. It's coming. Look, it's coming. Young players. And hope is there. It's just not at the big league level. But then, and I've done this, if you criticize a prospect, you are just a demon hell spawn who hates everything. Okay. When I reported from Sarasota, Florida, back in late February, that Quinn Priester was throwing nothing but soft stuff and didn't look at all like a major league prospect to me, let alone a major league pitcher. It was, ah, how dare you? You're so negative and such a downer and whatever else. Never mind that there were a lot of guys down there that I liked and said so. All that mattered was that I tried to quash somebody's hope over one prospect. But I'm probably going to do it again here, or at least attempt to, by... I just want to dismiss your question with a no and end the show because they're not that. They're not. How do I put this? It's not enough to say that they're not aggressive. They're not competitive. The people running baseball ops are not competitive. 
That goes for the front office. That goes for the field staff. What you think you see and notice from games where you say, wow, why aren't they trying a little harder to do this? Or why aren't they making this move that probably would help them win the game? Or It's because it's not in there. That fire, that thing that you expect to have in organized athletics of any kind is not there with this group. They don't look at bringing in Giolito as a, a chance to, you know, I don't know, maybe raise a little bit of uh, excitement or expectations, maybe save somebody's job or help save somebody's job down the stretch. Everything's just freaking fine in their world right now. Not just because they swept the Royals in Kansas City. It would have been the same if they'd gotten swept by a 94-loss team. They just don't have that in them. I mean, we can go back and forth on, well, should you have done that? Giolito costs so much. He's headed toward free agency. That would be really stupid waste of money. Whose money? Whose money? Are you worried about money that gets saved in 2023? That already happened. No one really made a stink about it. But they saved millions of dollars. Not an exaggeration using that term. In sending out Rich Hill, Carlos Santana, G-Man Choi. And that's why they did it. They didn't get anything back. This is who and what they are. If that's killing your hope, if that's making you never want to listen to another one of these shows again, I'm sorry. I would love for it not to be true. I would love to be able to tell you the opposite thing. It would make this show, for me, on a selfish note, a whole lot more fun. I'm not this miserable. Trust me, you should hear me on the other two shows. In fact, today I'm going to kind of require it. Go ahead and listen to Daily Shot of Steelers and Daily Shot of Penguins. And we'll get together again here on Monday. 